everyone, and welcome to the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you're here. Listen now to our surf pastor, Dr. Elliot Higgins. This week I've been um, on the mend from bronchitis, so I'm going to try not to cough up a lung while I'm here, but I've got my water <coughs> and we've got the scripture. So no doubt the Lord will speak to and through his word. It's a joy to be with you here today. I don't know what your problem is as you look at me. I know that there are people who have brought problems into this room. What scripture is about to accomplish is God is about to reveal something he is doing in the problems of every person's life. Some of you may have some massive problems, others very small ones. But what we're going to look at, there's a series of passages where Jesus speaks, I am. They're the I am statements of Jesus in the book of John. And every time Jesus does this, it's as if he's refocusing our attention from this life onto the things of God. I want you to see this world through the lens of God. And today is no different. We continue in this series that I began years ago, and we drop it in once or twice a year, and it really allows us to see our life through the lens of what God is doing. And today I believe God brought us together to look at the challenges that we experience daily. As mentioned, some of you have come into this room, joined us online, you have been diagnosed with something that you thought you'd never be diagnosed with. Somebody else, somewhere else, but not me, not now, not at this time of my life. And it's changed your world. Others, you go home after church and you look around your family and you realize y'all are hanging on by a thread. Your heart is burning a desire to see God move and restore this broken family that you understand. There's others that are facing financial difficulties. This isn't your first, but this appears to feel like the final one. Bankruptcy, all of this. There's this fear and worry and anxiety. And yet there's others in the room, perhaps the problem is not that big. It's just another one of those problems we experience in life. And it feels like this is just another one of those things that happens today and tomorrow there'll be another problem and another problem. They're not insurmountable. It's just what we go through in life, but it feels like sandpaper. It's always something. There's always something that goes amiss, something that's a problem. Now, whenever we look at that, those sandpaper type problems, we have to take a step back and say, is God even working in this? What is the purpose of this tiny thing? Other than being a nuisance, what is God possibly doing through that? What is God doing through my issue? Well, God brought you together today to look at his word, where he is going to reveal three things that God is working out in every problem you encounter in your life. There are three things. Doesn't matter if it's a big problem, you've been diagnosed with cancer or something that's terminal or some little bitty problem that you think God has no interest in and God can, could not work in something as trivial as this. There is exactly three things according to the scripture that God is doing in literally every problem, big or small. Doesn't matter what you brought with you today. Perhaps God is refocusing your attention. If you have a big problem, he's wanting you to step back and see this issue through the lens of God. 
and what he sees in this problem and what his intention is. Perhaps it's a small problem and you long to see God move in your life and for your life to accomplish big things for the kingdom, but you just look around and say, I don't see him moving. God's gonna remind you that he is. You just may not be looking in the right places. There are three things that he's doing in every problem. Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 10. The New Testament, John chapter 10. We're going to encounter that I am statement that Jesus is making. Now, this context really goes back into chapter 9. <clears throat> One of the things that we see in chapter 9 is Jesus and the disciples are leaving the temple. And they encounter a man who is blind. The Bible says he was blind from birth. He has never looked at the face of his mother or father. Doesn't know what they look like. He has never looked at the sun, the moon, the stars, nothing. He's never seen the leaves on the tree blow in the wind as he walks by. He has never seen any part of this life. He is blind from birth. The disciples look at him, scriptures say. They turn to Jesus and say, what's the purpose of this? Why is he blind? Is it his sin? Is it his parents' sin? What is the purpose of this problem? Why does he have to walk through this? Does that sound familiar? Many of us, when we're facing a challenge or a problem, we look over and say, what is the purpose of this? Why do I have to walk through this? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why does God allow this to happen to him? We're always trying to make sense of the problem and we look around and scratch our head and say, well, surely there's an explanation. And they turn to Jesus and they say, what is the purpose? And Jesus says, it's not this man's sin or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed It's 11.30. God's intention for this problem, Jesus healed this man's sight. Everybody sees this. This man is now drugged before the authorities. They question him. They bring in his parents. They question them. They ultimately kick this guy out of society, but everybody is talking about the working of God in this man's life. The purpose of this man's blindness from birth is for God to get the glory and to work three things out that we're going to see play out on the pages of scripture. So all of this problem has just been resolved. He can now see. But people of God, don't be fooled. Though that problem went away, there is a flurry of new problems that emerge that God works through in three ways. We'll see. One of the things that we see, he was kicked out of society. In this culture, that means you're not going to find a decent paying job. You're going to have a hard time making a living. His parents were afraid of that happening too, so they put distance between him and them so that they wouldn't share in the same problem. Now you have a family problem. You have a financial problem. You have a social problem. There's a whole lot more problems that are emerging out of this working of God. But God redeems every one of those things. And so much so that we're still talking about it 2,000 years later. That's the way God works through problems in ways that he redeems that we would never fathom. Look with me, if you will, in John chapter 10. This is where Jesus begins to explain. You've seen all of this miraculous work. You understand the purpose of what God is trying to do. But let me paint a picture, this word picture for you. So that you as people are able to view this problem through the lens of God. 
God created this moment in history for his glory to go through, but sometimes in our finite ways have a hard time understanding the magnitude of everything God is doing. So he brings it down to their level. He brings it down and begins trying to teach. I want you to see what God's doing. Here's the key for you and I. This passage, God is painting the word picture so we see our problem through the lens of what God is doing. So we're now able to look at it from God's perspective. And then at the end, we see those three things that he is doing in every problem, great or small. And we're able to follow that. We're able to see him at work and we're able to have confidence in really change the perspective of our life. John chapter 10, beginning in verse one, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So he begins painting this word picture. If you're wanting to see God move in the life, your life and the life of your problem, whatever that is, he says, let me give you this illustration. There are two ways at getting at this. There's two viewpoints that you can take on this issue. There are two ways that you can approach this issue in life. Number one, there is the way of the shepherd through this door, this sheepfold, and the other is over the wall, a thief and a robber. So there's two competing ways. The sheepfold that we see historically and the one that's mentioned here is a walled-in structure with a door or gate. So it's like a barn with no roof. So anybody can jump over, but it's designed to protect the sheep and keep them kind of in their place, but there's no roof. So there's two ways of getting at the core of what we're doing. There's two ways of viewing life. One is we focus on the shepherd who enters this door, and the other is a thief and a robber that climbs over the wall. So he's beginning to see there's two ways we see this problem. Is it from God's perspective or literally any other way? You and I, when we experience a problem, if we are listening to the voice of literally anything other than God, we've got an issue. Now, that's not to say that we don't find wisdom in the lives of others. That's why God created the church, that we work together, we listen, we pray over, we partner with each other for the days that we have on this earth. God created that, that is good, but if your faith is entirely on anything other than the shepherd, the word of God, it's like a thief and a robber. When you're approaching this problem and saying, what could God possibly do? We have to go back to God. So he begins with this word picture. In verse three, he says, to him, that is the shepherd of the sheep, to him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The first thing we see, there's two competing ideas, but now he's he's emphasizing this role of the shepherd. When he shows up at this gate of the sheepfold, there is a sense of ownership. There is a command. There is no question that these sheep belong to him. There is no question that he has a right to be there, and nobody can challenge that. There is no question. But then it says that he calls these sheep by name and leads them out. If you recognize the importance of this, what he's saying, this word picture, literally God is the one who created your life. He knows the number of cells in your body. Do you? He does. He is the one who put the sun in the sky, just one star amongst a hundred million in our galaxy. There are a hundred million estimated galaxies in the visible universe. 
The word visible means that we don't know what's beyond it because light hasn't traveled fast enough and far enough for us to see. God's kingdom is massive and all the way down to the details. And do you recognize that this king of kings, this shepherd, knows these sheep by name? It's not some random flock. He knows their name. The king of kings is looking at you today and brought you here to remind you that he knows your name. And when we look at that, we recognize there's two ways of getting at this issue, but we recognize that there is a rightful ownership, a possession, and a personality to this. He knows you and leads them out. Verse four, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. There's a lot of key words here that he is saying. He has brought them out all his own. Again, that ownership. Do you recognize that God created you at this moment in history and the problems that we encounter at this critical section of history? God designed you to be able to walk through that. He didn't put somebody else in your path. He put you there. There isn't anything in our path that God doesn't already know about. And in it says he brought out his own, that ownership, but he goes before them and the sheep follow Again, this word picture, he is positioning us to see what God is doing, see life and the problems we encounter through the, the view of God. God is literally going before the sheep on into the journey of life. He leads them out. He, they, we follow as sheep. And that means that God is not some God that is removed, sitting in heaven, looking down occasionally to see how things are going. It doesn't mean that he's far removed from you saying, well, you know, if you were only a better person, maybe I would move in this way. Literally, God is not behind you, above you, somewhere else. He is leading. That means that the problem that you have encountered today, this week, this month, or are about to encounter, God is going before you. He is walking through the problem before you. He knows it's coming before you do, and he knows the outcome before you do. He is ahead of you, and he is leading them out, these that he knows by name that are part of his flock, and he's painting this word picture, knows them by name, goes before them. They follow him, for they know his voice. Now, how in the world do sheep know the voice of their shepherd? Well, in our case, we recognize the voice of our shepherd from reading scripture. The fact that he has been faithful from the moment he created Adam and Eve all the way to the final pages of scripture, he has been faithful for every generation of mankind. If you go back one generation, you're going to see God's faithfulness all over it. If you look around you today, God is faithful in the lives of every man, woman, and child that is here. And when we breathe our last and it's the next generation, God is once again faithful. When we look at this and they know his voice, the sheep know his voice because they have experienced his faithfulness. I wonder if in the midst of the problem that you are encountering or will encounter, I wonder if in that midst you look over your shoulder and see how faithful God has been. They know his voice. They know that he is good. They know that he has their interest at heart. And he's painting this picture. I'm going before you. God is literally leading you through this. And you know that I am good. They know. They recognize this. There's a key here, however. 
every one of the things that he's talking about are those that are in his flock. It's easy for me to say that this is a blanket statement, but it's not. God is speaking this to those who have surrendered to him that are part of his flock. And it may be possible that you're here today and you know who Jesus is, but you've never surrendered and you know in your heart you're not part of the flock. And you're looking at the problems and you're listening to the voice of those that jump over the wall. But God is making it very clear to us today. I want you to see this from God's perspective. And everything that I am doing, I am faithful. And I'm going before my people, my sheep. Verse 5, a stranger they will not follow. They will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure of speech Jesus used with them. But they did not understand what he was saying. Aren't you glad that the people in the New Testament were, were dense sometimes? Where we can ask the question, they ask it for us. What are you talking about? Here we're looking at this man who you brought about eyesight. You brought him before the leaders. You are proclaiming your glory to the nations through this. And we're still talking about it thousands of years later. And we're looking at that saying, God, how is it that you work? What is your plan and purpose? How do you navigate this in my life? And then he begins to tell us about this sheepfold and how the gate is how the shepherd enters and brings them out. How does this work? And they don't have a clue. <clears throat> They're struggling. So what Jesus does in this next part this is the key to this whole passage. He's painting that word picture so we can grasp it. But now he is laying this foundation for us to be able to see this perspective from God's perspective. He said to them again, truly, truly. Again, what he's saying, focus on me. Hear the words that I say. This is life-changing. I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am one of the reasons why he's pulling this I am thought out is he is drawing their attention to himself. If you're looking at God's working power in your life and the life of others, it begins and ends with Jesus, every bit of it. So if you're going to see God work, his plan and purpose in your life and in your problem, it begins with focusing on Jesus and what he is doing. This I am takes us back to the time when Moses was called by God to go deliver the people out of Egypt. And he asked, he's like, well, what if they ask, what is your name? Who are you, God? What, what should I tell them? Well, God is a God that doesn't have just one name. You can't contain him with a name, but he simply says, I am. Everything about him, the beginning and the end, as they say, the alpha and the omega, all of this, he is the creator of all things. There is no equal. I am. And when we look at that, Jesus is drawing our attention to him and saying, that's me. I am the master of your entire destiny. I know the years of your life, the months, the days, even down to the second. I know the path you're going to take. I know the problems that are going to emerge. The first thing, if you're wanting to see God work, is I am. Focus on me. I am the door. If ever we want access to, to the things of God, if we want to see God's power work in our life, if we want to understand and cling to his strength in the times of trouble, we have to focus on who Jesus is, but he is the pathway to everything that God has in store for you. There is nothing good that doesn't come from God. 
everything else that we think could possibly be good is counterfeit like a thief coming over the wall. Anything good in our life comes through Jesus. I am the door. I am the way of everything that God is doing. I am the door of the sheep. This word is very interesting, the door of the sheep. Word sheep really allows us to, with all humility, understand our position in the things of God. You may be like me and like to think 20 years down the road and have plan A, B, C, maybe even D if you're lucky. But then when you realize none of those things actually worked out the way I had thought. God is in control. We are simply sheep walking through life, following our shepherd according to his plan and purpose. It changes the way we look at the problems that emerge in our life because God has created all of this and we are simply following him for all of this power of God to work through us and through that because we understand our place. We are just sheep. Our destiny is not our own. However much many of us that are born in America, we seem to feel like we can pull ourselves up by our own bootstrap. Well, not unless you have God's blessing. Nothing happens unless God is making this happen. I am the door of the sheep. Verse eight, all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. I don't want you to be distracted. When you're looking at the world around you and the problems that show up, the, the statement simply is, I am. You have to focus on what Jesus is doing and the power and provision that he provides. Everything else is counterfeit and everything else will get you sidetracked. I am the door. Now he says what he is doing. So he's drawing our attention back to him. We're focusing on Jesus, all that he opens us up into the power of God, and he begins to show us exactly what that is. Now that we've entered the door, we've, we've trusted and surrendered ourselves to Jesus as a simple sheep to follow him, and we have surrendered ourselves and our plans and our life to him. Now he shows us what he is doing in our lives. Doesn't matter the problem that you have, big or small, there are three things God is working out in your life. As mentioned before, if it's a big problem and it is absolutely like a pot on a stove that's been left on and, and that fear begins to boil up and spill over this pot, you are so afraid of what the future holds. Others, anxiety is washing over you like those waves on a, on a sand beach and you are just getting hammered and covered with this water and you're wondering, will I ever get up from this? You are so anxious and what he is saying, he says, I want you to watch. Those who enter me, there are three things that I'm doing. Those with small little problems like sandpaper. You long to see God move in your life. I want to know that this makes a difference, that God is doing something. Well, that's exactly what he is doing. Big or small, these are the three things that God does in every problem of your life. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Let's stop at that word for just a minute. The first truth, the first thing that God is doing of the three, the first thing that he is doing in the life of every problem that you have is he is bringing about salvation. God's intention is always eternal. No matter what the problem or the scenario, however big or small, he always has a big picture in mind, much bigger than you and I could ever imagine or come up with. 
God is eternal. He is outside of time. Every issue that he is guiding you through, every problem, big or small, he is working out salvation. Now, I wish that I could tell you what kind this would be and what flavor it would play out in your life. I can't say that, but I can say that he is working out salvation. When I was in seminary years ago, it was my second semester there, and I was taking my classes, I was working, and my mother was diagnosed with cancer at the time. Many of you have walked through cancer yourself or a loved one. You understand what I mean when you go see the doctor and you begin the chemo treatment one day and you come back a couple days later, they do a lab and you meet with a doctor and then you go back each week, day after day after day, and then it turns into radiation and then you're working through all this stuff. That goes on for months and months and months. Some of you, maybe even years. It's hard. And you're trying to navigate all the pieces of life. But here's what I mean by when God's bringing salvation. There's one of two ways this is going to turn out. Number one, God's going to bring salvation through answered prayer, through the working of the chemo, the radiation, the wisdom of the doctors. I don't care what it looks like, but my mother is going to beat this cancer. It's going to go in remission. We're going to be done with it. That's salvation from God alone. Or it could go the other way, and my mother breathes her last and she steps into eternity to gaze at the glorious face of God and enter in as a ruling person in the heavenly places with her king of kings. Either way, there is salvation in any direction you turn. When God is bringing about salvation, it doesn't matter which way. We Sometimes we long for one over another, but in God's kingdom and in God's economy, he is always going to have the final word. And he's always going to redeem everything that he allows. And it may not be the way you like it, but it is a way that touches the fabric of eternity. You recognize that God healed this man's eyesight. He healed what he longed for most, but then there's a whole new batch of problems that show up. And you recognize that from that moment, we're still talking about this man's life thousands of years later on a continent that they didn't even know existed. How many millions of people have entered the gates of heaven after hearing this man's story about how I was once blind, but now I see, and Jesus is the one who brought about that redemption. Jesus is the one who brings about salvation. In every problem you have, big or small, God intends to redeem, and he intends to redeem it in a way that it magnifies into eternity. Doesn't matter if it's big or small. If you're longing to see God work in your life, just look at your problems and begin watching for his salvation. It's interesting to me, as I was driving up here this morning, I reflected on an individual that I never met. I heard his story. My friends and I, when I was much younger, we would go rock climbing every week. And they had a cousin who had been ill for, as a child and gone through surgery after surgery in pain and suffering and agony. And he came to his deathbed, having not even got past 18 years old. And they told me, and all that knew this young man said that he was so encouraging. He clung to the hope of God, and no matter the hardship that he had, everybody who left his presence felt blessed. And I don't even know his name. And yet, his story so touched me, and I share it with you today, and who knows where else God intends to share that story. 
But even in the small things that you think no one else will see, it's amazing how God uses people's stories and works through their problems that touches the lives of countless others. When we get into heaven, we'll see the eternal perspective of God. He will be saved. He's working out salvation in everything. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out. God brings about salvation, number one, but number two, he brings about a freedom. You recognize the sheep, the sheepfold, he leads them out, but he's saying they can go in and out. There is a freedom here. <clears throat> they travel with the Lord back and forth, no problem. There is no fear in this. Do you see that freedom begin to emerge? When we're looking at our problems and we're saying that all is lost. I see no hope. There is no way out. This is the end. I can't get past this. There is a freedom when we look at our problem from the lens of God. God's working out a redemption in it. I know that. He goes before me. He's walking through this with me. He intends to get me to the other side one way or the other. I know that he is working this power. There is a freedom where I can take a deep breath and say, man, it looks lost to me. I don't know how God is going to redeem it, but I know he will. It brings about a freedom when we engage the problems of our life, big or small, that we know God is at work here. We also know this freedom is free of guilt and shame and all of that stuff that seems to linger in our trunk. It's always behind us of the things that you've done. God can't work in your life. God can't use you. Do you remember what you did? God's not gonna do that with you. Maybe somebody else. Well, in God's economy, he said, if you belong to my flock, that's all taken care of. Through the blood of Christ, this door, Jesus, the I am, this is what he is doing. There is no guilt. There is no shame. We have a freedom we can take a deep breath and know, I'm in God's economy now. And I know that he's going to work out this redemption. He brings about salvation. He brings about freedom. Then he says this, they will be saved, will go in and out, and will find pasture. The third thing that God does in every issue of your life is he brings about provision. Doesn't matter where you are or what level of an issue, God is bringing about provision. The reason why we can say that with such confidence is because if you go back to the context of this man who was born blind, God allowed this man to walk through that problem for God to get glory and to touch a countless multitude of other people. God brings about a provision in this moment that allows us to recognize that God has big plans through this problem. It may be little, but he provides. Many of us, when we look around at the problems of other people, I don't know if you've been around them, they've had an issue that you think, man, I could never walk through that. I have no idea how they do that. How in the world do you have the strength to stand with that? Well, what you're gonna learn the longer that you are at this life, many of you have been at it much longer than me. What's interesting to note is that God seems to always gives us strength in the moment when we look at it from in the future, I don't know how I'm gonna overcome it, but when we get there in the moment, we have the strength. Where'd that come from? God has a way of making provision in the right moment. We're looking around trying to find answers. God's already got that worked out because he's already ahead of us in the story. He brings them to pasture. He knows what you need. There's no surprise here to him. He's working that out. He is bringing out salvation. He's bringing about freedom. He's bringing about a provision. These are three things that God is doing 
in literally every problem that we face. He continues to reinforce this. These are the three things he's doing. Verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want us to lose sight that there is an enemy, that there is somebody who's trying to climb over the wall and tell you, you really need to put your faith over here. You really need to disregard what God's calling you to do. You need to follow over here. He's saying the end result of that is destruction. He's giving us that warning. As we face the problem, he wants us to look at it through the lens of God. What is God doing? And filter everything and every decision and every heart emotion that boils up through the lens of what God is saying in Scripture. He has created you, the master of your destiny, the author of your path. And he's working these three things out. And he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Everything that God does is good. It doesn't matter what your problem is. God intends to redeem it in a way that it multiplies a hundredfold over with God's blessings. This man was born blind, had challenge after challenge after challenge, and God healed his eyesight and ultimately spoke into the nations for thousands of years. There are so many things that God is working. He's bringing life to a story of darkness. This is the heartbeat of God and why I believe he brought you and I together today. As we look out at the problems that keep washing over our life, this thing that's hard, God is bringing redemption in abundant life. Everything good in your life came from God. And everything God wants for you is good. It may not be exactly the way you have it planned in this life, but let me tell you, when we step into eternity, it's gonna be something that no preacher could ever put into words. You're going to see the magnitude, the eternal difference that this little problem you thought, how God multiplied this and brought about life in abundance that you never thought possible. The thing when God is working in your life, even the smallest of those, he's bringing about a redemption that we'll talk about beyond time itself. And I believe that that is why God brought you here. With the problem that you're encountering, the one that you're looking down the road saying, I'm not sure how I'm gonna navigate that. God says, boy, I do. If only you're a part of my flock, if you surrender to me, these are three things I'm gonna do in your life. And we recognize that truth and say, Lord, lead on. I don't know how I'm gonna get through it, but you do. And today is just a day that we need to be thankful. We look over our shoulder and see how he has been faithful. And the problem that's boiling up in our heart, maybe today we bring it forward, pray where we are. I don't know, it doesn't really matter to me as long as we lay it before the Lord, take a deep breath and say, that's yours. I'm watching for these three things that you said you're gonna do. You're gonna work out that provision, you're gonna give me freedom and ultimately salvation through it. And I'm gonna rest in that and be ready to watch what you have next. Others in the room, it's a small little problem that you have, just a constant sandpaper in your life. And God's just reminding you that even in those moments, he's still working in that. And today you just need to praise him and say, Lord, work on. I'm ready to see you move. My eyes are open, my hands are open, and I'm ready to see what you have in store with even the smallest of things in my life because I know that you're going to use me. There may be one person in here, maybe just even one, Maybe even online, I don't know. 
that you've come to church, you know who Jesus is, but you have literally never surrendered your life to him. You're not part of his flock, and you know in your heart that that's true. You long to see God move in your life. You long to be a part of this, to see him work. And you've, you've heard of it, but you've never surrendered. And today, you can do that too. The way that we do that, really, it's a heart decision, but I would love to pray with you. And there's gonna be, I'm gonna be here and there'll be somebody else with me. Dr. Mar is even it's here, by the way. We'll see if the Holy Spirit convicts him of something. But he's gonna be ready to pray with you. We would love to walk with you through this journey and begin that relationship that you can see. These three things come about in every problem of your life. Salvation, freedom, provision. It's no accident that you're here. You're seated in the presence of God. Would you stand with me as we begin to sing this song? And in this moment, I want you to do business with God, whether by prayer, whether it's dropping something here at the steps and leaving it there, or if there's something that one of us can do for you, we'll be available for you to pray with you. But do business with the Lord as the Lord leads. It is no accident that you are here today. Everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Your financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.